0: It's been too long. You've probably been wondering where did that guy go. I'm talking to my one one listener in Norway. Let's call you Nora. <laughs> I'm 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 an ignorant American. I'm I'm the ignorantest American. I'm not even sure where Norway is. I think it's it's in um, it's near Europe. If I had to place it on a map, I'd go uh, I'd go east of New York. And uh, in West of California, if I had to, you know, if I was, I was going to say blindfolded, but that seems impossible to place Norway on a map. Welcome back. I, I, uh, I do have an excuse for my, for my long absence. I, the, the strategy behind podcasts is, as I understand it, frequent uh, releases, um, which I'm, I'm used to in one bodily function, but not in another bodily function. And I'll let you pick and choose. Just know that I'm married with children. Frequent releases and um, what was the other thing? Frequent consistent releases. Oh, and, and it takes three years. so so it's a long it's a long game. In three years' time, I will have amassed uh, tens of listeners and and uh, probably a, a armful of sponsors and I'll be making a tidy sum from these podcasts. I have that to look forward to. Which is nice. When uh, when we last spoke, I think I was I think at least uh, once or twice I ranted about religion uh, in a, in a semi incoherent or fully incoherent fashion uh, because it gets me a little riled up. I don't I don't really care for it. I think I explained that I I used to think you know it's okay if it gives you solace, but but now it, it I think the bad outweighs the good, and even for people who get some solace, like. There's so much negative crap and war and killing and God judging. You know, my, my God's better than you. It's like, you know, my dad can beat up your dad. It's We just replace that infantile behavior with God's. And the belief that there's some sort of reward after this, and, and there isn't. There isn't. So just be good because it's the, it's the right thing to do. And hold out no hope of reward, but just do, do good. Like, I think that's much more noble than any concepts around religion and and reward in the afterlife and, and you know, 50 virgins or, um, unlimited, uh, eternal. I can't even get it out. Eternal life in eternal paradise, which just saying it exhausts me. Who the fuck wants that? Just sitting by a pool eating grapes for, you know, forever. What's the point? It just sounds miserable to me, not to you. I'm sure that's why you, Believe in Christ. You think you're going to get a goodie at the end. There's some dude with a book, and he's like, Here are your pros and here are your cons, and your pros outweigh the cons. Okay, you're in. No, that's not. That's, that's a ridiculous notion. When I was 18, I moved um, from a very, very small town in New York called Webster, New York, uh, population 30. No, more. I don't know offhand. Probably more now. Maybe. Maybe it declined. It's uh, the slogan for Webster, New York is uh, where life is worth living, which is, you know, a really fucking bizarre slogan because it says a lot. Right. So it's like if you're if you live in the town next to Webster, if you're in if you're in uh, Penfield, uh, you know, say you're in. Uh, crap, I can't even think of other neighboring towns. Penfield, uh, you're, <laughs> your life isn't worth living. But if you just moved, you know, a couple blocks north, man, you you'd be. In the swing of things, where life is worth living, I don't. I don't even understand that. Um, so, when I was eighteen, I moved. Uh, I moved to Hollywood to pursue to pursue music. Pursue music, and um, uh, this this ties into religion. Just hold tight. And my music school, the Guitar Institute of Technology, GIT, uh, was located at that time, and, and maybe still is, right next to a, a Scientology building uh, on Hollywood Boulevard it was on a, a side street, but the, the cross, you know, sort of a side street off of Hollywood Boulevard. And and this was in the late 80s. And uh, I know when I used to w- walk to school, there'd be some people outside asking if I wanted to take a free personality test. And this was before Scientology was really well known or infamous, depending on your, your views. And I would always decline because everybody freaked me out. I, you know, I moved from a podunk, town, got off the plane in Hollywood, I immediately put my wallet in my front pocket because I didn't want to be pickpocketed. I figured, you know, if you can get your hand down my tight jeans, this was late eighties. So there was some acid wash happening. If you could get your hand, snake down, uh, my pants to, to obtain my wallet. Number one, I probably wanted you to, and it was, and so I would probably be happy to, to (laughs) compensate you. No, that's not true. Uh, and so I thought that was the safest place to keep my wallet. I was very fearful anyway. So, uh, when I would, when I would walk to, to class, there would be people asking if, if I wanted to take a free personality test, I always declined because I've always known my personality is awful. I don't need the results of a fancy test to confirm that Uh, the results are shitty. I have a shitty personality, but, but thank you for the offer. I didn't say those words. I, I probably didn't even speak to them because I, I was probably paralyzed with fear <laughs> that somebody on the street would would speak to me. Um, w- w- you know, where I grew up, there was nobody on this. Like, there was there were no cars on the streets. You could literally lay down in the middle of the street and take a nap for about 20 minutes. And then, you know, it was, it was really out there. It was it was rare that, that cars would, would drive by and you could see that, you know, if you walked out to the street, you could see them coming for miles. It's a good place to hole up if you think about it. Maybe I need to head back there. So I always declined personality tests and and uh, one thing that was really unusual and, and some, you know, some of my classmates, I, I think one guy did take a personality test and he said it was real weird, you know, that, that it was just like a recruiting thing. Like they just wanted him to, you know, join their little cult, you know, sh- shocking news. Your, your test says that you should join our group. I mean, did, you know, were any test results not, you know, Hey, you should be a Scientologist. No, they, they all were. Um, so So one night, um, it was really hard to get rehearsal rooms. Rehearsal space. They they had rehearsal rooms in the school, and you would sign up for them. And I I was always an idiot and and signed up late. And so I would always get rehearsal rooms like you know one in the morning, two in the morning. I think it was. I think they went twenty four hours. I can't remember. Maybe they. You know. Maybe it was like three or four. AM was the last slot you could book. But anyways, my, my little group of uh, musicians, we would we would rehearse in the wee hours of the morn. And I can remember leaving the school and w- I'm walking up the side street. And often there would be um, buses, school buses. Uh, and this is, you know, two or three in the morning. School buses um, idling next to the Scientology building with with school, like little kids streaming out of the school bus and going into the building. And, and I, I, you know, memory is a weird thing. It's, it's, it's completely unreliable. However, I would bet your life. I'd be very comfortable betting your life and your, your family's lives and all the, all the people, you know, and love, I would bet all of, all of you and them, your lives collectively that, that there were school buses, you know, at two or three in the morning and that there were like a big line of children. it looked like, you know, if it were, uh, 8 a.m. in front of a school, it would be normal, but at 3 a.m. in front of a Scientology building, it seemed really freaking weird. And I don't remember any um, any adults like sort of chaperoning them. And and I, it was pretty weird. It looked like a scene out of a uh, like a horror movie or something. It was very eerie, you know, at that at that hour. I mean, even even in in Hollywood, it, you know, things quieted down by by two or three a.m. So. And on the side street, it was fairly still. So you would just see this sort of haunting vision of of, of young children streaming out of a school bus in a line and marching into this building. It just it looked real weird. I've come to understand that like in Scientology, they kind of like, uh, maybe they don't take your children away. But I think I think you sort of have the option of like divesting yourself of your children. Like, ah, I really want to, you know, I really want to follow these beliefs and I can't be bothered by, you know, caring for the children that I birthed, birthed, birthed. It's weird. Hatched. Shout out. These, these kids that I, that I pooped out, I don't want to be bothered caring for them. So, you know, maybe that was like a, you know, they were, I don't know what they were doing. I guess that's the point. It was really weird. So, um, so that's, that's religion in a nutshell. It's children being uh, trafficked at 3 a.m., uh, you know, in, in, a, in a semi-safe manner. It just didn't seem good, savory. It did not seem savory. In fact, it seemed the opposite of savory. It seemed real fucked up. Um, I, I believe that's the antonym. I don't have a, I don't have a reference uh, book here. So, you know, that's, I won't talk about religion with every one of these sweet releases, but, but maybe I will. And maybe, um, maybe I just had to share that. I had to, you know, it's always kind of stuck with me. Like that was pretty weird. You know, I sometimes wonder like, should I have gone to the police or something? But I don't know, you know, I was 18. I was, you know, consumed with, with, with my, you know, the whereabouts of my wallet, you know, tucked in my front pocket. Um, so I probably didn't have the just the mental the, the I didn't didn't have the headspace. I wasn't in the right place to go to the cops. I did go to the cops or call the cops once uh, when my roommate and I were were actually coming back from from rehearsal and it was it was very late and we were returning to our apartment. Came up the steps and we we sort of caught these people emptying out a an apartment, you know, as a couple of dudes and they were like carrying TVs and and stuff down the stairs, and I thought that's not right. <laughs> you know, it's two or three a.m. and there's guys like hauling shit out of an apartment. So I, I um I called the cops, um, and and eventually hung up when the when the hold um, was too long. I think you know I think when you call nine one one in Los Angeles, you just you know you got to hang in there. Um, I didn't. I, I, I remember, and, and I could, I, you know, memory's weird, as I said, I remember being, you know, waiting on hold and thinking this is kind of, you know, I feel like in an emergency, I should be able to get through to somebody. So I eventually hung up, called our, our landlady at, you know, whatever hour it was. And I think, she, I think I got her voicemail and I think she called me right back and said, no, oh, no, 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 they're just moving out. You know, I know, I know about it and, and they're just moving out. So, so that's, that's what I get, you know, for being a, trying to be a good Samaritan or a, a good neighbor, you know, all that time and effort. Oh, that was minutes, you know, I'll just never recover. It's, uh, it's back to school time. And if you have children, you may have feelings about that. I, I'm somewhat relieved. I like the, uh, getting back to normalcy, um, but it's also weird, because uh for whatever reason, I've produced really sensitive children, and so uh, our our middle daughter, her first day was you know she was on top of the world, and then second day school, she came home in tears, and she said that her teacher hates her, and the kids hate her and it's tough when you're a parent to to see your your child upset and distressed, and i don't I don't know how to I don't know how to fix that. And I guess that's the maybe that's a um, a sort of a stereotypical male reaction is how to how to fix that Um, because I think a lot of times kids you know will probably more be benefited from just being heard you know using uh, uh, active listening is that what it's called when you is it active listening when you repeat back what someone has said I used to date a woman who um, was very critical about my conversational skills and basically accused me of never listening to anyone and just pushing through my own agenda. I thought that was communication. I didn't know there were any other options. So she gave me a book about, I think it was called active listening. And what I gleaned from it is when you talk to someone, you're just supposed to repeat back the shit that they say. Um, and that's, that's, you know, a a high form of communication. Now, if we were in a conversation, you would say, oh, it sounds to me like you're saying that repeating back to someone what they're saying is the highest form of communication. So, and then I would say, yes, I've been heard (laughs) and validated. My problem is I think if I repeat what somebody says, it it means that I believe it or accept it. And I I don't, and and both are false. I don't believe a word you're saying, and I also denounce it. So I'm not repeating your bullshit (laughs) during, you know, in communication. Um, that's my communication style is I, I go my own way. You say some stuff and then I say whatever I was going to say anyways. Yeah, it's probably not good. It doesn't make people feel good. Certainly didn't seem to make my daughter feel good. So I tried to, I tried to do some listening and, you know, validate her feelings and, and, you know, and say, it's, you know, it sounds like that was really tough for you. And I, you know, I can understand how that would be upsetting. And then I immediately said, you know, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you could listen to the teacher a little bit more. And then she, she just shut down. She was like, she literally put up her hand and said, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So, you know, so then I spanked her. No, just kidding. Uh, it, you know, it's fine. It's just tough. It's just kind of shitty. It's part of parenting that's crappy is when your, your kid's sad and you don't know what to do about it, you know, and, 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 and everything's bullying these days, like, she said a girl was teasing her with with her her brownie, so I so I you know sort of coined a, a nickname for the girl. I called her ridiculous brownie girl, and she and my daughter laughed. And I thought, well, that's good. I think I said ridiculous something like that, ridiculous brownie girl. But then she kept saying, and I thought, oh god, she's going to take that to school, and then I'll probably get a call about the fact that I'm you know bullying kids from home. Some kids need to be bullied. No. You know, that girl, if she was tr- truly taunting my daughter with a brownie, she should fuck off. Um, and it makes me kind of want to punch her parents in the face. Which which feels like a mature, reasoned, thoughtful adult reaction. Or it doesn't. It's one of the two. I can't remember. But I get very, I, I don't, you know, I just want people messing with my kids. They're just, you know, they're just kids. And then some kids are little assholes. And you don't want those little assholes... <laughs> Interacting with your kid, and th- those little asshole kids have these parents that are big assholes. This is why I don't like to leave the house. It's just it's not a safe space for me out of doors because I have to bear witness to these assholes. Like I don't I don't like other people unless I like people. I like friends. I have some friends. Don't judge. I got one or two. I don't like to brag, um, but I don't really understand people and they're Especially people who like to you know boast about their children. I don't like number one, I don't fucking care. Nobody cares. You got to be polite and pretend like, Oh, your child got a achievement award or won a game or something. That's fantastic. Wow. You know, you must be so proud. And that's another thing I don't understand pride at all. Um, but it's just, you know, it's dopey. It's dopey. Like, you know, tell your kid you're really happy for them and then shut the fuck up. (laughs) Oh, all right, you know what, I'm, uh, before I go much more negative, which I don't know how I could, I've just threatened the lives, not the lives, when I say punch other parents, I don't have uh, dim, dim mock abilities, I don't have the death touch. I would probably miss number one, and I, and I, I haven't thrown a punch in years, so I, I, you know, it would just be like, you know, waving a piece of paper in someone's face, then I'd probably get punched. So I have that to, to, uh, to look forward to. Anyways, I hope the start of you, if you have children, let's, let's start there because I don't want to jump to any conclusions. If you've, uh, if you've had sex, uh, successfully, if you procreated, if you put your, you know, junk in someone and rubbed it up and down until boom, kids shot out the other side, the other side, I need to take an anatomy class. If you've, uh, if you've pooed out some little, little babies, and you've raised them enough so that they're going to school. Then um, welcome back to school, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye bye.